Look out, something is going to get you tonight. Let's talk about the thing that's going to get you tonight. Welcome to the Happy Harvest Horror Show. <laughs> everyone i'm Corey, and i'm brian and this is the happy harvest horror show we're back i feel like we've had a couple of weeks of of a little bit different content we had a throwback to doppelgangers and then we Mm -hmm. had our our crossover episode but now we're now we're back me and you back in the saddle yeah i hope you enjoyed that crossover episode i hope we can do more things like that hopefully we can get some guests in the show have more conversations um more experiences as uh it's not just us that like spooky stuff other people like spooky stuff too what yeah so i hear i don't don't know i don't know about that i think it's just me and you spooky jury's out (laughs) before we find out how spooky each other's lives have been quick things if you like us and you like this show and you have one minute to write us an itunes review would really appreciate it Yes, pretty please. We've gotten a few cute ones, and we really appreciate them. They're they're really great, and it's it's just how it works in the podcast game. You got to get those iTunes reviews. So it's our lifeblood. We can't survive without it. <laughs> so yeah, if you could do that, also if you're really enjoying this, and um, you got some some spare change you want uh to donate to keep us going, uh, you can do that over at anchor.fm slash H-H-H-S slash support. There are some different options on there for you. Makes it really easy to set up a little donation to keep us pumping out the content. Mm. And yeah, if you'd like to do that, we appreciate it. We appreciate you. It's our other lifeblood. We have multiple lifebloods. (laughs) I would even say money is more of our lifeblood than Apple podcast reviews. But (laughs) no, I think validation means more. Fair, fair. (laughs) To me and my self-esteem, at least. All right. So, got that stuff out of the way. Brian, how spooky was your week? Oh, my gosh. It was... Actually, it was really spooky. I had a great (laughs) fucking weekend. Oh, my God. I, uh, I posted earlier... Last week in the, if you follow our Instagram, that I was attending the Nightstream Film Festival. And what's Nightstream, you ask? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Nightstream is a new sort of virtual film festival that kind of a big pivot for a number of other film festivals around the country. One of which I was set to go to this year, but it was sadly canceled. And that was the Overlook Film Festival in New Orleans. Um, And that film festival has banded with a number of other ones, including the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival, which I frequented every year while I was there, and basically brought a bunch of stuff to be viewed virtually online, just on your comfort of your home. And it was such, so cool. It was so cool that basically I got to see all these new movies that were, you know, in the festival circuit, and I could just see it at home. That's always been the kind of problem with film festivals is that you have to travel to it or have to be, you know, living in the area. But this was all just right on a website and i got to see a lot of really cool stuff i saw 10 movies over three days i saw a number of panels some really cool q a's and so yeah that's what i was up to this weekend it was really great the first one i want to talk about was called my heart can't beat unless you tell it to was the title of it and it was this vampire story that's told through this lens of 
this like extreme poverty family situation in America. And God, it was just devastating. You have the, this basically three siblings, grown adult siblings, and a brother and a sister are taking care of their younger brother who has this, they don't give it a title in the movie, but it's, he's basically this, this new kind of vampirism affliction where he needs blood to survive and he can't go out uh, during the day. And so the, the brother and the sister working long hours during the day have to then go and basically find people to kill and bring home so they can keep their brother alive. And they then take all of the, like the clothes and the, the remains of the people and bring it to a thrift store to make just a little bit of money to keep going. And it was just this, such a devastating sort of reflection on living with nothing, you know, in this world mm-hmm. and that how literally if you're a family, all you have is your other family members to keep you going. Yeah. So that, my gosh, that was, I was in a wreck after that movie. There was a movie called detention to keep an eye out for sure for, it was an adaptation of a video game of the same name that is set in Taiwan during the sixties, during a, a scary authoritarian government situation where they can't have any sort of <laughs> scary authoritarian yeah <laughs> you know it's pretty scary it's pretty far-fetched we, we don't have anything like that now yeah i don't know what that would be like <laughs> there were they, in this school they weren't allowed to have any sort of communist what they would deem communist um, propaganda or uh, paraphernalia or books or anyway and it tells this really oh my gosh really kind of moving ghost story I don't want to tell too much more about it because it might come out soon. Ooh. And it was really good, really spooky. And what else? I saw a movie called Black Bear that was at Sundance this year starring Aubrey Plaza. Ooh. And I was just going to say, like, I was going to say, I, I love bears. And then you said Sundance. And I was like, oh, man, like, I love Utah. And then you said Aubrey Plaza. I was like, oh, love her, too. It's like a <laughs> Stefan skit. This movie's got it all. It's got black bears. It's got Sundance and Aubrey Plaza. I don't want to say anything really about this movie other than those three things because uh, there was such a sweet turn. Completely Um, sold. And yeah, I think just overall, this was such a rad festival. There To be able to sit at home and see all these unreleased movies that would be going through the festival circuit and how they were able to emulate a festival experience through Zoom was, was kind of a really awesome triumph. They had an, uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award for Mick Garris. If anyone doesn't know Mick Garris, he's a huge champion of horror movies. He was a reporter for a while, and then he he wrote Hocus Pocus, and oh. he's re- directed a number of other movies. But he is also uh, the driving force behind Showtime's Masters of Horror, which was this kind of anthology show where he brought together all these uh, really prolific horror directors to direct just a final cut sort of story of what they wanted to do. And it was rad. It was really cool. And so the closing night ceremony was all of these horror icon directors basically giving a toast to Mick Garris. And it was, I was nerding out because they didn't say who was all going to be there. Just they said it was going to be Mick Garris Lifetime Achievement Award. And then one by one, the Zoom windows keep opening up. And then Mike Flanagan comes in and Tom Holland, Fright Night director comes in and uh, John Landis comes in and John Carpenter comes in for like two minutes because he's John Carpenter and he got out of there real quick. (laughs) 
I don't have time for this. <laughs> that's John Carpenter. I love him, but that's, yeah, that's him. And so it was, my gosh, it was just rad that I got to kind of sit in and see this. No, definitely. I feel like that um, you just really pointed out something that's been really interesting about this whole Zoom culture thing. Like when it first all started happening, I remember not being sold on like the like late night TV, like Zoom episodes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then I was watching an episode, a Zoom version of Late Night with Seth Meyers, and he had John Mulaney on. Mm-hmm. I adore John Mulaney and I enjoy- adore Seth Meyers. And I felt like I was on a Zoom call with John Mulaney and Seth Meyers. And I was like, actually, this is amazing. <laughs> it feels weird, right? Like, I feel yeah, like it feels, I- it feels w- oddly intimate. It really mm-hmm. does. I didn't want to speak up at all because I didn't want to interrupt any of my these icons, you know, to, yeah, while yeah. they were talking. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And there was even a Q&A uh, panel after I did a uh, horror comics panel and I got to ask a question and I got it answered. And so it was even more personal. Wow. Really rad. So awesome experience. Hats off to everyone at Nightstream. Pivoting away from my spooky encounter of Nightstream, we could talk about a shared encounter and that is Netflix's haunting of Bly Manor, which I know you were watching a little bit, right? Uh, oh, a little bit. No. Did you finish it? <laughs> of course I finished it. Oh, man, I didn't finish it because I don't know if you heard, but I watched 10 movies this weekend. That... <laughs> oh, my so God, I... you haven't finished it? Oh, no, Brian. I Brian. have three episodes <laughs> left. Let me there's not enough hours in the day to watch 10 movies over three days. I made it through six episodes of Bly Manor, and I think that was a feat. Yeah. No, it is. It's 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 a lot. I actually, I kind of want to wait till you finish it before we talk about it. Cause Can like, we just talk broad stroke that I love Mike Flanagan, and I love the series, and I want more? Sure. <laughs> There, I just said it. I was well, I was just really surprised like when it popped up because I didn't realize that they were going to do another, you know, haunting at Hill House basically thing like oh you didn't know no i didn't oh, know i, I yeah. didn't know about this started watching it and then i was like okay there's a lot of the same actors and so it's kind of like kind of doing like an american horror story thing you know yeah, yeah, with but like, good. yeah. But go- <laughs> <laughs> fighting words <laughs> uh i mean i don't have i don't really have a dog in that fight like i don't i'm i'm not completely I'm not very attached to American Horror Story. I just started watching it, actually. Yeah, we but, don't need to get into it. I, I just wish it was... I always want it to be good, and then it always turns into something that I can't, but that's okay. Yeah, um, I've I, um, on the American Horror Story thing, I'm on the first season, and I am enjoying it for the sake of just, like, spookies. Like, it's pretty mm-hmm. scary. I'm, like, maybe 75% done with the first season, and it just goes so many directions, and I'm just like, what is happening anymore? That's, you know? that's my problem with it. I feel like it nev- It always starts off like a really cool premise. Like, each, each season was like, mm-hmm. alright, I could get into this cool thing, and then by episode three, or something it is off in like an another planet you know yeah. but i'm like guys just, just stick to the the stick this one landing and you know i would love <laughs> you but we are like 17 plots away from where we started and i can't keep up i got a lot of people telling me i need to watch coven so i'm definitely gonna watch that season yeah and, coven and we'll see from there but murder house the first season was if i had to have a favorite it would be that one i think that i one am enjoying it like i'm i i there are things about it i really like but back to Bly manor. Bly, Bly manor it's oh it's so good i actually have so many things to say but i really would act i'd, I'd prefer to wait until you finish it so we can have like a full conversation about it 
Okay, so next next episode we'll have a deep dive. Yes. Into it. So everyone see it by then because spoilers <laughs> abound on the next. Yeah, because I I'm not someone who really gives a shit about spoiler alerts. So like, you better finish watching it by next week. <laughs> yeah, one week, kid. <laughs> you got one week. Do it. It's not that hard. It's very good. It's very. It's very good. good. It's not hard to get through because you're you're gonna love it. I at least I do. I love it. I loved Hill House so much. I thought the first season of Haunting of Hill House was damn near masterpiece so i i very much enjoyed hill house as well i think bly manor's better considerably better whoa yeah i can say right now six episodes in that i have it's not as scary as hill house and that's okay ghost stories aren't always inherently scary but i do think hill house was far scarier yes the resolution of this one is pretty wonderful i'm okay. i'm not i can't gonna, wait I'm I'm not going to say. Can't wait. I'm going to finish this out here. Are we done here? I'm going to let's wrap this up so I can go watch more. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just. Okay. uh, That's all you get for this week because Brian has to go watch. Yeah. You got it from here. Okay. Uh, Bye. (laughs) But yeah, that's that's uh, as far as my spooky stuff this week. That about covers it. What about you? How, How spooky was your week? Bly Manor took up a lot of it. I also had a weird moment where I thought I maybe saw some sort of unidentified flying object. So that was pretty spooky. <laughs> a UFO, you say? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It might have just been a weird star. But <laughs> but I was Aren't taking... All? I was, I know, right? I was taking out the trash a few nights ago, and there was this, like, star-looking... I Like, my first instinct was like, oh, it's a star. But it was really, really bright, and it was, like, yellow. And then I looked around the rest of the sky and I couldn't see a single other star because of just the like light pollution and stuff. I'm like, okay, so I can't see stars, but I'm seeing this one star. Like, that's weird. And it kind of, I just like stared at it and it, I couldn't quite tell because it was really far away, but it kind of seemed to be like moving a little bit, like floating, hovering type vibe. And I was like, maybe it's just my eyes. I don't know. And then I just stared at it for like a long time. I think I even like in my head said like hello to the aliens in case there are they, they like in case they are aliens. I want to say hello. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I was just like, hey, what's up? Um, and then and then I turned around and I started walking back to the apartment. I was almost back to m- my apartment. And I like turned back around to look at it again. And I swear it was higher up in the sky, almost like a following me thing. I don't know. It was a it was a moment. It was, um, you know, it was spooky. That's for sure. Whether it was an actual UFO or some kind of a star or um, I don't know, maybe a uh, whatchamacallit. I can't think what they're called. Star, whatchamacallit is probably. No, those those things that float in the air. Fireflies? <laughs> no. No, the things that fly in the air and take pictures. Drone? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's some kind of weird drone. I don't know. <laughs> what is an alien but a weird drone? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that was pretty spooky. I think that was my number one spooky thing I wanted to share. Okay. That was spooky. I hope uh, somebody was just kind of also taking out the trash at some point that night and looked over and saw you staring in the sky going, hello. <laughs> hello, friends. Oh, Take that... me with you. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, before we we move on, I just wanted to say one more thing about Nightstream because I cannot believe I glossed over this. There is a puppet horror movie. <gasps> I what? shit you not, Corey. Oh my god, you just uh, you you know what you just did. <laughs> I know what I did, and I was so <laughs> insulted to myself that I almost didn't do it. Let's talk about it. It was called Frank and Zed, and it it was set in this kind of medieval village uh, where this evil sorcerer died and years later left a curse. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it, was, it follows these two basically leftover servants of this evil master. One is like a Frankenstein character, Frank, and then this zombie that takes care of him, Zed. And they, they're like oh. these leftover sort of like discarded servants that are just kind of keeping each other alive um indefinitely in this crumbling castle obviously the villagers come and, and there's a bloodbath at the end but it was it took them six years to make this and it is such a oh my god it was a riot it was so funny there was a whole battle at the end and there was so much gore i've never seen so much puppet gore um (laughs) it was amazing they like filled like these puppets with like slime and guts that would come out i was losing it i had so much fun i hope this comes out very soon because i think this one is going to be a cult classic immediately yeah i i need to see that that's so funny that you bring that up actually because the other night i was watching one of my all-time favorite movies that i've seen a truly absurd number of times i was watching forgetting sarah marshall oh yeah that's got a lot of puppet stuff well not only does that puppet stuff best puppet horror it's a dracula musical yes I had a moment watching it where I was like, I forgot that the puppet musical was like spooky. <laughs> like, like I forgot oh, yeah. that it was supposed to be like scary puppet musical. So that's I, that's just such a interesting little synchronicity. Puppet horror. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. The 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 company that made it was called what was it called? I think it was something like Puppet Core or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was losing it. I had so much fun in this movie. So keep an eye out for Frank and Zed. I My love God, it puppets. Was, I love God, puppets. it was so good. I love puppets. I love puppet people. I hope there's a lot of spinoffs of this that it creates a whole subgenre of puppet horror. Puppet people are such good people, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are, aren't they? <laughs> they really are. Like, I mean, like, obviously, <laughs> Jim Henson and stuff, like, really set the bar. But even, like, um, the other day I was on TikTok and I came across a really great puppet video and I, I commented, I was like, I made it to puppet TikTok. And typically, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't anticipate a response because it was a really big account. And the, the person on the account, like, commented and they were like, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> Love puppets. <laughs> well, I'm glad I got that in before we transitioned because, oh, my gosh, it was so fun. Let me know when that's out. I need I need that in my life for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, today today we're um, we're going on a nostalgia tour. We are being hashtag nineties kids today. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about some of some of our favorite spooky, just gateway books, TV. Uh, movies that like turned us into weird spooky kids that then grew into weird spooky adults. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is a nineties, specifically nineties because we grew up in the nineties. Your humble coast here talking about the, the stuff. Yeah, exactly what you said. The gateway stuff that turned us into um, who we are. I think an important question that I actually want to start the episode off with, and, and we can just let it ruminate throughout the episode is did this content, did this media 
turn us in to weird spooky kids or were we weird spooky kids first that then were attracted to the media so it's like a chicken and an egg situation Mm-hmm. Why are we right the away? way that we are, Brian? Or are we going to circle back at the end? Let's circle back. Let's circle back after we talk about all these things. We have honestly so so much, such a long list. <laughs> uh, let's start with books. Let's start with the books that we loved as '90s children. Do you want to okay. start, Brian? Yeah. Well, if you're talking about '90s kids horror. You, we got to talk about goosebumps, right? Duh. I mean, that's duh. That if the '90s gave uh, spooky kids anything, it was it was goosebumps. <laughs> it's it was so fucking true. goosebumps. And not only books, it also gave us a show and a lot of them. My gosh, how many books did it end up being? I feel like I don't know. At least a hundred, right? It's, I collected yeah. them when it's I was a kid. Wild in kind of preparing for this episode, I was just, I, I was thinking about goosebumps and there are just some of those book covers that are just fried into my brain. Like, Oh yeah. I can tell you the whole story just from that one cover. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, the images like really stuck with me. Like there's one, I ended up looking it up to get the title of it. The book is egg, egg monsters from Mars. Amazing. (laughs) But the image of that terrifying egg on the front cover Mm-hmm. It's in my brain forever. It will never leave. Even the co- like the colors of the cover are like yellows and like darker reds. And there's just this like monstrous egg yolk on the front cover. Mm-hmm. And I just I remember I remember that book so specifically. And I don't even remember the story, actually. I just really remember that image. <laughs> there's a few of those that I, I, I feel like the image sticks more than the story. Like the, uh, the number one comes to mind. Uh, goosebumps number one welcome to dead house i feel like i remember reading that story as a kid and being scared like actually scared about that book i'm like oh my gosh what is this story what is this goosebumps and it was kind of a fear that i never was able to kind of replicate it's kind of like chasing that dragon with scary stuff you're like i want to get scared like that again and um (laughs) but you asked me what welcome to dead house i gotta get my gotta get my high gotta (laughs) 12 year old brian's like i get my fix how do i get that again <laughs> goosebumps got you hooked <laughs> yeah i mean hooked i couldn't tell you what that bo- the story was about welcome to that house i you know he comes to a new town in a spooky house that's dead um <laughs> <laughs> yeah then i ran out of gas you know but yeah yeah there was also one that had a really terrifying rabbit on the cover Do you remember mm-hmm. that one was, was that like, like an teeth? easter one I don't even know, but I just remember the rabbit. I think it was like magic. I think it was like a magic one because it was mm. like a creepy rabbit in a hat or coming out of a hat. I yeah. want to say. I like that they also, I mean, we talk, we were ca- talking about creepy imagery on the covers and everything too. I think that sometimes it got pretty existential scary too. Like I think of one story yeah. that I thought was going to be really dumb. I remember reading it as a kid thinking this is going to be like kind of a, a filler one, but it was called Let's Get Invisible. And it's all about this kid <laughs> that um, I wishes that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Let's get invisible. <laughs> but the story is all about this kid that I think he wishes it or he gets a wish or something, uh, but he becomes invisible and then no one can see or hear him and he can't go back. He can't like reverse it. Oh. And I it, like just true dread of like, you know, as a kid, like, oh my God. What would I do? How do I, Mm -hmm. if no one could see or hear me, then you're stuck in that situation. So yeah, stuff like that. I feel like R.L. Stein 
hats off to you for respecting your kid audiences and actually trying to scare them. I have. I actually have a fear that, and I am like not to be, not to be like that person, but I like when it comes to, like I have existential fears, obviously, but like, I don't know, when it comes to just like life stuff, I'm just not afraid of a lot of things. And I really never have been. Like I have existential anxiety, but other than that, like I'm just like not, very afraid of a lot of stuff. And I have a weird fear that I think I can trace back to a Goosebumps book. I've, I want to reread this book because I don't know if I like created it from the book, but I'm pretty sure it came from this book. There is a Goosebumps book and it's a choose your own adventure. And it's called Beware of the Purple Peanut Butter. Oh, yeah. And I swear there was an ending. You know how Choose Your Own Adventure works. You have all sorts of different endings that you can Mm -hmm. end up with based on the choices you make. Mm -hmm. And I swear there was an ending where the main character gets stuck, like locked in a freezer, and then it just ends. And I am terrified of being locked in a freezer. Like, and then it just that, leaves you there? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's like a fear I have. Like I've worked in food service for a really long time and it involves going into walk-in freezers a lot. And I like every time I'd have to go back there, I would like prop that shit open. Like it was mm-hmm. o- like it was always a thing. Or like I would like run in and run, like grab what I needed and run out faster than it took for the door to close because I just like did not want to be in there. In and out real quick. <laughs> yeah, just like boom, boom. I know what I need. Just get it. Um, like, oh my gosh, amazing. Um, and I, I think that goes back to a Goosebumps book. I'm not sure. I feel like I need to revisit these stories. Maybe, maybe we should start a Goosebumps book club. <laughs> I think that'd be really fun. I mean, these are like, what, 150 pages? These are Yeah, I think it'd be a that, good time. Like, uh, they're super, yeah, super easy to read. But my gosh, they were... I, I attribute a lot to them, um, especially collecting them. I am a huge collector now of a lot of spooky stuff. And that might've been an early bug of getting each book on my collection, on my shelf, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh man, goosebumps. But those weren't the only spooky books out there they at weren't. the time, uh, even though they took up a lot of them and all their spinoffs, they had, you know, goosebumps presents. Let's get give you goosebumps goosebumps it was a lot goosebumpy <laughs> times goosebumpsy time there was also this was i guess is more late 80s but we definitely had them growing up in the 90s and that's scary stories to tell in the dark i've got it next to me right now do you have a whole collection no i've only got the first one and i bought it recently i, I don't i just don't have any of my books from when I was a kid. I don't have like any of my stuff from when I was a kid, but I, yeah, it was originally published actually in 1981. The first one was right. And then I think number two was late eighties and number three was like 1990 or 1991. So it counts. Oh, it totally counts. It completely counts. What's crazy to me, honestly, because first off the illustrations in these books are horrifying Horrifying. those are really the stars of the show here i mean the stories are great and they're they're really iconic but my gosh the art is what really i think most people remember it they are horrifying what's interesting to me is i remember reading this book at my elementary school like being in my elementary classroom and reading this book and like i went to a catholic school like and and this is like and i was you know i was in like first grade Mm. This book is is not chill. Like the images are 
not chill. Kind of horrifying, yeah. All. A lot of people, a lot of families, a lot of PTAs got this book banned from their school uh, mm-hmm. because of the stories. And a lot of the defenses to keep it there was because it's folklore. All the stories are based yeah. on actual folklore stories. Also, they redid the illustrations in uh, 2011, which was a big... We don't talk about it. We don't yeah. talk about it. <laughs> Do not disgrace scary not, stories by even bringing it up. Happen. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer. The 2011 illustrations are so 2011. Like they really are just so sugary compared to the original ones. Yeah, they're almost tame, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. the 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 stuff that is true like nightmare fodder. That's like what I would see closing my eyes at night and I would never sleep. Yeah, and totally. uh, I cannot say the same about the new ones. Yeah, the new ones are very, very, very sugar-coated. And I think it reflects something I, I, do, I also want to talk about at the end of the episode. The shit we were brought up on in the 90s was just, it was just darker. Like, it was just scarier. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Like, it was way darker. Like, adults did, like, they just didn't care about sugarcoating that shit for us the way there was a big transition that happened early 2000s in terms of uh, kids media and Mm -hmm. like what was allowed or what was considered okay in a lot of uh, mainstream channels because the stuff we grew up with and I'm not even just talking about like stuff that was intentionally spooky I'm talking about like the weird shows like uh, Rocco's Modern Life and like Ren and mm-hmm. Stimpy like like we just grew up on like weird shit that would just not fever pass. dream stuff yeah 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 fever dreamy stuff <laughs> yeah that just, eating like, our sugar cereal and just ingesting all of this sugar tea TV, you know, yeah, it's- exactly. And so much. I'm, um, there are definitely examples of 2000s TV that that do a better job. Like, I love Adventure Time. We've talked about Adventure Time before. Love Adventure but, Time. But a lot of 2000s kids media just very, very sugary. I like, I, I like thinking of uh, 90s Nickelodeon as just a giant fever dream. <laughs> like, did it happen? You know. <laughs> the Mandela effect where we all know what Rocco's modern life is and we know um <laughs> but yeah scary stories to tell in the dark is a perfect example of that I think it I mean yeah if you haven't read them like or looked at these images like do it they are scary like they are very and they're beautiful too mm-hmm. like so all well black done. and white too yeah so well done also like those were so those were the two like series that i had but i also was really big on books of ghost stories when i was a kid i remember mm-hmm. having like these books and they were written for a young audience but they were like 101 ghost stories or like mm-hmm true ghost stories you know stuff like that and once again i wish i still had them but i remember really getting into those i think that'll come up a lot as we talk about this but there was we had a lot of content that was available that if you were a kid and you wanted spooky stuff there was a lot of content that was geared specifically to that you know that mm-hmm. um i'm not a child uh, today so i <laughs> I don't know if it's the same out there, you know, but I, what was available, I feel like there was a, just as much as what sci-fi and fantasy stuff, horror was also hugely peddled as to kids in the Mm -hmm. 90s. That's what I thought, you know, Um, the fact that we had this huge running goosebump story, scary stories was, was as popular as it was um, probably brought up all these other spinoffs that wanted to catch that same, that same fire. But I don't know. 
I wonder in 20 years, if kids that are today are going to look back and what, what content there are they going to say, you know, that's what made me love horror or that's the kind of stuff I loved. Or is there honestly, I think kids now are kids now are growing up on like weird, absurdist YouTube videos, which is like (laughs) terrifying in its own right. Yeah. They're watching like playthroughs of video games and stuff. Um, And just like, you know, weird shit like really there's weird shit on kids youtube like it it gets it gets weird but but in a very different way yeah i don't know it's it's uh i don't want to get into the uh, this pattern that's probably as old as the hills of going like kids these days Uh." yeah right right (laughs) we do a lot of trying to like break up like generations to like understand people and stuff and it's just our attempts to like make sense out of the chaos of life and time. What is interesting though, is just kind of going off of what you're talking about in terms of how much like spooky content was peddled to us in the nineties. I wonder if that's related to the fact that our generation, like millennials love Halloween. There was such a big upswing in the last decade of just like loving fall, loving Halloween, like so many people get excited about this time of year. And Mm -hmm. I think there is a nostalgia tied to it. And I wonder if it is very, if it is tied to exactly what you were saying, like we were also just kind of inundated with a lot of spooky Halloween related content too, you know? Mm -hmm. This could also be we we just came out of the 80s, you know, so 90s or the 80s was pretty dominated by uh, a lot of classic horror movies. You know, if if Mm -hmm. one thinks about what's the best decade for horror, that's a long conversation. But 80s is kind of an easy pick. So I'm wondering if uh, when you're looking to make money, how do we gear this really popular thing towards a wider audience? How do we get kids to like it more? Yes, we we target them with this more kid friendly content. But still, but at a, t- a point in time where they didn't really understand what kid friendly meant. Yeah, that's air quotes around kid friendly because. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the, as far as books go, those are the two that really come to my mind is Goosebumps and Scary Stories because that's what yeah. I grew up reading. Yeah, definitely those. And then, yeah, like I would have like ghost story books. I also remember I was really young when I bought my first like witch book. I remember being probably like nine or 10 and in like a uh, it wasn't even a Barnes and Noble. It was like a different 90s bookstore in the mall. And getting like a witchy fortune telling book or something. Oh, amazing. Like that. I don't know. I was really, I was really into just spooky books as a kid. Like that's, that's pretty much, honestly, that's most of what I read as a child. Like to be completely stuff. honest was spooky stuff. As a kid, I wasn't a huge reader. I wasn't not a reader either. It was kind of just, but it was the stuff that I did read was ghost stories, was mm-hmm. uh, goosebumps, was witchy things most of the time. I had a book. That was a handbook for ghost hunters is what yes. it was. <laughs> I remember it because I, I journaled in it. I had a, <laughs> I got ready, you know, I was preparing. <laughs> you did the work. You did the I preparation. Did the work. I, I, I knew the difference between a poltergeist and a common haunting. I knew the difference between <laughs> like that kind of stuff was fascinating to me though. And I, I definitely wasn't alone. Yeah, totally. 
Should we pivot to uh, um, uh, more spooky content for kids than just books? Yeah, I think we should take a quick break first, and then we'll come back and talk TV and movies. All right, we'll see you, see you in a second. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. Back at it again. Back in the spooky saddle. Uh, yeah. So we were talking about a lot of spooky books before in the 90s, and now we're going to pivot and talking about some spooky – what do you want to do, movies or shows first? Let's do TV. TV. Okay. Well, I got a lot to talk about with TV. Where do we start? Should we start by, by channel? Because, my gosh, there was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, they, uh, let's start with Nickelodeon. Let's, let's, let's go with the – get this 90s staple out of the way, which was mm-hmm. – are you afraid of the dark? Yep, 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 yep. The what were they called? The campfire. The the midnight midnight, uh, the society? midnight society. Yeah, that's it. The midnight society. That's badass, though. Oh the my gosh! Society. The kids that just gathered in these uh, furniture in the woods to have <laughs> creepy little campfires, and they and and it was interesting too because I, I watched a few episodes in preparation for this, and uh, like they would present their story. Oh yeah, they like presented it to to the Midnight Society, like mm-hmm. like for approval, which is interesting to me. They had wisdom to share. I mean, they <laughs> they this was like this is like a TED talk each time for their spooky story. <laughs> oh my! Like goodness. I remember one. I I also went back and rewatched some, and there was one about masks, and the the young woman was going around and talking about masks and. You know, sometimes they cover who we are, but sometimes they show who we really are. And <laughs> like, yes. my gosh, we're, yes. I think we're skipping right to the thesis here, you know, of <laughs> what this episode is. Honestly, Are You Afraid of the Dark it definitely uh, played on on those existential fears as well. It, it mm-hmm. got, I mean, like quality wise, you know, very cheesy, very cheesy 90s kid actors. But like the stories we're pretty like dark sometimes. And, I got scared. Oh yeah, and also we have to talk about the opening title sequence mm-hmm. is still like straight fire. Like it's so good and mm-hmm. so scary. <laughs> it's just stock footage of like haunted places. Yeah, uh, like it opens with that like wooden, creepy wooden boat in like mm-hmm. shallow water in the dark and it's just like rocking. Floor of an abandoned asylum and then it <laughs> then they light the match and are you afraid of the dark? And I'm like at this point, yes. Yes and, I am. And even that, even that moment, the lighting of the match and then are you like brilliant. Such a good title sequence. Well ten done. Ten. ten out of ten on the title sequence for sure. I love that show. But that's another thing with with just like goosebumps. There are I can I've pictures in my head of specific moments like i remember one where like these faceless i guess aliens or monsters were coming but they just didn't have anything on their faces that goofed me as a kid yeah (laughs) that big old goof uh there was one where they were stuck in a mall too overnight oh my god i'm so glad you brought that one up the pinball wizard episode the pinball wizard episode yeah 
I don't know. Okay, I don't know why. Maybe you can enlighten me. That episode is is fried into my brain. And when I thought about Are You Afraid of the Dark, the first thing I thought of, I was like, there was an episode where they were like in a mall, but I think they were trapped in a game of some sort. And and then I looked it up and I was like, Pinball Wizard. And then I watched it again. And I like... doesn't hold up. <laughs> why? Why I don't did know. that episode stand out so much? Like, why? I don't understand why that episode is the number one episode I think of when I think, I think of that was, I mean, I don't know. I'm speculating here, but they, we got our own little kids horror movie with that. You know, it wasn't like a spooky ghost story or anything. It was like kids stuck in a, an abandoned, usually populated place, you know, something that horror movies would do a lot, but this one was very much playing off of no supervision. Cool. Right. Also, guess, I guess, guess like again, nineties mall kids. I was such a, a mall kid. Mall like, rat. I was such a mall kid. Literally like, one, I remember one Christmas break, my mom worked at a kiosk in the mall. And mm. and so I wasn't in school. I literally roamed the mall all day long, every day. Maybe that's Christmas why break. it sticks with you then, because yeah, it, was it might be a familiar situation in a an unfamiliar context. Also, that one is dark. It doesn't have a happy ending at all. Homie just gets stuck. Yeah, straight up stuck. So there's no there's no resolution. It's just like you, you're fu- you're fucking stuck here now. Like end of story. Everyone go home. Let's and then they put know, out the fire at the put end. Put out the and fire. And the like, end. <laughs> chew on that, kids. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was it. like getting like afraid of being stuck in the mall forever. Or something. <laughs> Too much of a good thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. I also show. remember, I also remember, and it came back to me in rewatching the episode. I had a little kid crush on the like nerdy boy that tells the story. Oh. The one with the glasses. Maybe that's why it sticks too. I don't know, but I remember he started talking. I was like, I had a thing for him when I was a small child. <laughs> Did you look him up where he is today? You're no, like, I should though. I really should. <laughs> <laughs> See what he's up to. If, if you're out there, guy from <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> <laughs> that show also got rebooted recently. I haven't seen any of the new episodes, but there are new episodes to Are You Afraid of the Dark? I didn't know that. Yeah, I hope I haven't seen any, so I can't speak to its quality or anything. But I know it's being show run by a, a fan who was a ki- you know a kid when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hope it's good. I'll look it up. Yeah, I also just watched right before we recorded. I watched an episode, uh, an episode of Ari for the Dark that was it was about cannibalism, and it was also Chill. like very nineties fat phobic. <laughs> oh yeah. That's another thing in going back and looking at all of our, you know, your 90s like favorites. It's like how many problematic ideas that were ingrained into my young mind are there? (laughs) You're riding that nostalgia high and then they drop a joke that you're like, ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Uh Oh, Uh -oh. yep. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What other shows? Are you afraid of the dark? It's a staple of the 90s for sure. Mm -hmm. I think others... Ah, real monsters. Yeah, yeah, yep. Ah, yep. real monsters. Talk about fever dream cartoons. You yes. know that was definitely in that realm of what am I watching? What was the guy's name? The one that held his eyes in his hands. Oh, it was, was my it favorite. Icky. He had monster names. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> what they were. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. And monster names. Ah, real monsters. Oh yeah, I think you're close. Ickis, Oblina, and Crumb. He was Crumb, right? Mm. 
with the hands. Yeah, he yeah. was crumb. Yeah. Yeah. Holding his eyeballs up there. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Inky's was the, the little goblin, the pink purple goblin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a good show. It was a spooky show. Yeah, more fever dream. Like, what am I looking at? <laughs> that we were just saturated with, you know? And, yeah, it and was so, a golden time for uh, for cartoons, for weird mm-hmm. cartoons, for sure. You want to talk about golden time for weird cartoons? Let's pivot to the Cartoon Network with Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh Do you remember my this God, show? I didn't. So, like, I didn't. I wasn't a huge Cartoon Network kid. Mm-hmm. I was a big Nick kid and kind of a Disney kid. I do remember that show, but I remember like nothing about it. I watched this show a lot. I loved the show. And this show, talking about crazy animation, was so smart in how it scared had its scares. There was one episode specifically that will haunt me to this day. I like truly <laughs> like I goofed me up where there was this robbery in Courage of the Cowardly Dog. If anyone's any uh, unfamiliar with the show, shame on you. It's so good. <laughs> but it's all about this dog that lives with this very American Gothic sort of family in the middle of nowhere. Um, and scary things happen to him every episode. But the scary things that happen, the animation is so inconsistent. Like the, the, the scary creature feature whatever creature of the week was always radically different per episode so you couldn't even settle into a consistent animation theme which this one episode that really goofed me was the king ramses's curse episode where these robbers steal king ramses slab from his tomb and they drop it off they ditch it because they're in a high-speed chase right outside the house in the middle of nowhere and the dad eustace he's not a dad they don't have kids eustace as is like i'm gonna make a lot of money off of this so they keep it but that brings about king ramses's ghost comes to the place and brings about these curses and these plagues and out of nowhere there in this 2d animated crazy thing there is this early janky 3d rendered king ramses and wailing return the slab or suffer my (laughs) and i 10 year old brian shit his pants you know like (laughs) what am i looking at um and it holds up i mean i I went back and looked at it again i'm like yeah that's that's still messed up like the early (laughs) early 90s like they haven't they've just figured out how to do 3d rendering and it's it's so uncanny and so not okay to look at Yeah, that would be a fun game. Is it still messed up? (laughs) 10 out of 10, still messed up. And sometimes they would have like, uh, there was one episode where the harvest moon was was tormenting them. And it was just live action face on top of the cartoon that was in black and white and like sunken eyes. And you're like, what am I looking at? This is so scary. (laughs) I feel like I need to watch more of that show. Like I I really didn't watch it much as a kid. It was, I mean, it was all over the place talking about sugar TV. You know, this was uh, courage was always emoting all over, you know, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but definitely would recommend going back and watching some of these because this show is stuck in my brain of like, how did this get on TV? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now I'm just kind of thinking about like specific episodes of things. So a specific episode that I've watched, I've watched many times as a child and and also many times into adulthood, still fantastic. Still one of my favorite Halloween episodes of a show was the episode, the Halloween episode of boy meets world where they all get trapped in the high school and like they're being like chased by a murderer. You remember that episode? Vaguely. I remember them being trapped in the high school. It it ends up. I don't remember much more. 
It's so good. They get trapped in the high school for like detention. It's also like the episode where like Corey and Topanga have broken up. It ends up being a dream. <laughs> One of the many times. Yeah, it ends up being a dream, but they're all trapped in the high school. And then there's a um a cameo by Jennifer Love Hewitt because I know what you did last summer. Yep, I know what you did last summer it was like big at the time. And like it's just people keep keep getting murdered like they straight up like they straight up get murdered in the episode (laughs) and they're trying to figure out who's doing it i gotta go back and watch this episode so good it is one uh, i mean boy me told was one of my favorite shows favorite favorite shows but it is a really really good scary episode and yeah once again talking about like boy meets world i this is kind of going off the topic a little bit but boy meets world is actually a perfect example of the kind of like sugarifying of tv boy meets world i think was a a fantastic television program for like kids and teens girl meets world not good it just was not not good. good and it didn't it didn't have the same realness and and i Mm -hmm. i feel silly saying boy meets world was like a legitimate depiction of reality because like it wasn't like the girl meets world reboot was so so just 2000s sugar and i i just felt like it lost it lost its whole Mm -hmm. it lost what made boy boy meets world special was mr feeney in the new one Girl Meets World? Yeah, I think so. I think he makes a few appearances. And he couldn't save it. Oh, no. I know. And I think that Halloween episode is a perfect example. I don't think a Disney show today, I don't think that they'd even have a Halloween episode where everyone's getting murdered. You know what I mean? Well, I'm so... This is such a great transition about Disney today because... Disney then had so much kid horror. Uh, We're still in TV shows, which there's still plenty to talk about, even just Disney. Remember the show So Weird? I like literally was just going to say that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that I transitioned right into this because it was Kid X-Files. And Mm -hmm. I think it only had two seasons, though I remember it being forever. Maybe they just re-ran it to death, (laughs) you know, but it just always existed. It never began and it never ended. (laughs) So weird. Yeah, I remember. I love that show. That was fun. I also, this was kind of the, I was maybe just a little too young for when it first came out. And I, I, I really kind of missed it, but I knew of it peripherally. And I went back and watched a few episodes since then. But Erie, Indiana, do you remember this show? No, I saw it. I was like doing research and I people kept mentioning it. I, I did not watch it. I, I'm not familiar. I remember seeing things about it maybe as a kid, but it just didn't stick as much as these other things we're talking about in my upbringing, at least. But I mean, it came out on, um, I think it was NBC, its initial run. And then it was syndicated on the Disney Channel and they re- re-ran it until 96. So maybe I just missed it, you know, of because mm-hmm. I was born in 90. So I went back and watched a few episodes of it for research and uh, that kind of holds up. That's There's some like really fun spooky kid horror. In that. It. Yeah, it's all on Amazon Prime. So if you want some of that. but And that's very much like wild kind of creature of the week sort of thing not really creature but scary situation of the week and yeah i think i dug it i wish i had it more as a kid it would influence me even more even though we had plenty of other spooky content <laughs> to go through yeah on um the subject of so weird i actually think i think that show might have been the like transition point like that might have been the breaking point because that show ran till like 2001 and mm. i feel like that might have been one of the last really kind of weird dark shows on disney for a good long while. Yeah. But I mean, as far as shows, they still had 
plenty of movies. Do we mm-hmm. want to go into the movies now? Uh, yes, I think so. Let me. I'm. I'm. Let's see any other shows. I, I mean, we can give uh, shout shouts out to Tales from the Crypt slash Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, that was. I I, th- I thought about that one too. That one's definitely HBO Adult Tales from the Crypts, but there was that Tales from the Crypt Keeper was the cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I my my parents didn't have hbo growing up but that definitely wasn't hbo that was the the show that was yeah i cbs i think tales from the crypt still kind of sticks out for me because like that was that was very interesting in compiling this list i uh i had a lot of freedom growing up And so I definitely if you had Tales from the Crypt is like as good kid horror. Yeah, like I uh I I watched a lot of things that were not for kids at at a very young age and and most of the time my parents knew about it too. Like it wasn't like a me being, you know, sneaky thing. It was like me watching like horror movies with my dad. Anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I do remember watching Tales from the Crypt like the actual show as a young kid which is an adult show 100 <laughs> percent, like yeah. it's definitely an adult show i have more memories of that than i do tales from the crypt keeper but i do remember tales from the crypt keeper i, mm-hmm. I definitely watched it a very very kidified cartoon version so yeah i guess even though it's not technically like even though tales from the crypt isn't really a kid's show it definitely informed my <laughs> yeah spooky kid life <laughs> hundred uh, percent. I also, before we move on, I just have to give a, a shout out to a recurring character in a, not a scary show, but this character was terrifying in the show. Salute your shorts. Do you oh remember my this? God. You know what I'm going to talk about? <laughs> Salute your shorts. Zeke, the plumber. Do you remember Zeke, the plumber? There was, he was, uh, you just, j- while I'm talking about it, quickly Google just Zeke, the plumber. Okay. <laughs> to get an image because I can't quite describe how horrifying it was to see this as a kid because he would just show up in the middle oh of the night. Oh my God, yes. Right? Yes. He's this yes. plumber that shows up in like the ca- this salute your shorts. Oh it was all God, in this like I summer am, like, camp. having like PTSD right now. <laughs> I'm so glad I brought this up. Oh my God. Uh, I, th- I completely, completely removed this from my memory. Well, we're going to put it right back there. Slot it right where it was. <laughs> He shows up just kind of out of nowhere in this summer camp show in the middle of the night in their their bunks. And then there's this plumber that's plumbing away at a fucking toilet in the middle of the cabin and his face. He's got like a bandage over a bloody nose. The face is like a mask of his actual face. So like the eyes and the mouth don't quite like match up. And it's Mm -hmm. so uncanny and upsetting and he's mm-hmm. just plunging away and the kid's like what are you doing and he's like i and he plunges out his like childhood um stuffed animal and he's like well, let's see what else we got in there and he takes the plunger to the kid's face messed me up <laughs> like and i know there's plenty wow. of other kids like you apparently too yeah no that was seeing that image uh for the first time in i don't know 20 20- one years <laughs> like, like that just like hit like that was like a moment i just had that <laughs> that was crazy damn that show was weird too <laughs> that was a weird show whoever thought this mask would fly on this kid show like look it's a bloody nose that's bandaged yeah. up. it's upsetting. It's horrifying it's yeah. horrifying yeah so jesus zeke the plumber well that's gonna visit my dreams tonight <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh man all right well, so now we go on to i guess movies movies yay there was a lot of fun movies and going back and compiling the list of scary movies that i watched as a kid i was shocked at how many of these were disney channel movies mm-hmm. that like feels like sacrilege and crazy to think about that but like disney channel may have contributed to me being such a horror nut that i am today <laughs> Because we list off the movies that I remember watching as a kid in the 90s. And you got Under Wraps. Great oh, stuff. Oh, my goodness. Under Wraps. I forgot about that one. And the mummy wakes up in the full moon. And then the kids are going hijinks to get the mummy back. Right? Yeah. You had Phantom of the Megaplex. There was like this whole universal monster kid version like saga yeah. that went through. Tower even of like, Terror. Um, even like, uh, I mean, this is more sci-fi, but like Smart House. Remember Smart House? Yeah. That was also... Big Brother scary, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was kind of like scary sci-fi, I guess, for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween Town, the, why yeah, we love Halloween so much. That was also, it was, I was great. Don't Look Under the Bed. A whole town about whole Halloween. A whole town, whole town had it. <laughs> Don't Look Under the Bed. Um, do you remember this one? Where like the boogeyman oh, no. follows this, uh, uh, the main character, Francis, and she has this imaginary friend that uh, was kind of really spooky. He had long nails and like glazed over eyes and, yeah, that was an ups- that was an upsetting movie sometimes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they were all these like Disney Channel spooky movies. Mm-hmm. They weren't just shows. They had these actual full productions that were great. That I think about looking back, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I loved those movies. I loved. Yeah, no, the Disney Channel original movies like were fire for a while there. They were really good. Yeah, they were great. They were great. They were great. And not even uh, just original movies. You had like Hocus Pocus. Okay, beloved by all. Like, by all, like, but not by all. Did you see that Rotten Tomatoes at the time? It's got like 17%. What? That's insanity to me. It Maybe is 17. I gave it a little one of the 37%. Most it is one of the most beloved movies, I feel like, like hands now down. Now it is. Now it is. At the time, it got panned by critics. Well, I don't really care didn't. what critics say most of the time. <laughs> well, I just, how do, you, how do you watch this movie and think, Gene Siskel says in the tri- Chicago Tribune, he says, dreadful. Oh, like, Gene, you have no soul. <laughs> I know a lot of people care what you think, but <laughs> like, no. Hocus if you Pocus hated Hocus Pocus. So, like, yeah, it's just, oh, it's it's so good. It's so good. I haven't watched it yet this season. I need I need to do that. It's even become in recent years, like, having like hocus pocus watch parties is like a thing it's like, become the new um um a christmas story you know on show mm-hmm, on tv mm-hmm. it's yeah, every it's halloween it's season a, it's, it's gonna be playing all. a halloween christmas story situation mm-hmm. totally 100 percent. and why wouldn't it be you got bet midler as the, right? the star witch like and mid show she has this you know show-stopping music number like it's amazing mm-hmm. it's so good all it's, shot in it's Salem. Everything, too. It's everything you want in like a spooky, but still very like happy, family friendly kind of Halloween movie. It's like the perfect balance. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Like, it was so it is scary. It's definitely scary, but like I'd watch it with young kids. You know what I mean? Like it's got it all. It's perfect. It is a perfect movie. I would agree. It's a perfect you. movie. Hocus Pocus. I don't remember that critic's name, but he can. Uh, shut up. Uh, Gene Siskel. And yeah, he's forget, uh, forget renowned by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, but he's historically hated horror movies. So oh, this well. guy, like, let me go on a Gene Siskel rant for a second, because this guy <laughs> let me just <laughs> hated. I think it was the first Friday the 13th so much 
that in his review, he just spoiled it to make uh, push people to not go to it. Fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a weird move. That's a really weird move. That's like a you need to go to therapy move. <laughs> yeah, he's historically hated all horror movies, but maybe not all. I don't know. I mean, that's fine. You don't have to like horror, but like, I, yes, I don't you know. do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but just to be so angry about a horror movie that you like want to ruin it for people like that's weird. That's a weird move. I agree with you. But that spooky movie, the spooky movies don't stop with Hocus Pocus. We also had, and I'm sure you're going to love this, Casper. Yes, Casper. <laughs> I'm going to like start crying. <laughs> Casper's great. Casper's so good. And it's also probably the reason I'm like not opposed to falling in love with a ghost. <laughs> Can I keep you? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I whenever I think about this movie, I think about that house that he's stuck in, you know, oh, with the yeah. three other ghosts. That house is fire. And the oh, yeah. roller coaster yeah. chair. Yes! The dream. <laughs> dream. My gosh. Yes, the weird creepy roller coaster that like goes down to the basement. Like, yes. <laughs> the fact that Disney World did not capitalize on this is you're leaving money on the table. There's yeah. an entire generation of people that are foaming at the mouth to ride that fucking chair. <laughs> <laughs> so true. You know? It's so true. <laughs> Love Casper. Oh my god, Casper. So I need to watch that too. Like, I feel like all the like the the cla- the biggest classics though they don't end up on streaming this time of year like you have to buy them maybe i mean if they're disney they're all on disney plus now which, i don't uh, have disney plus you should probably get it i've had it on and off i just like don't want to pay the thing consistently because i don't watch it enough well they announced the other day that they're uh restructuring disney's restructuring their whole entertainment focus to be streaming now because Uh-oh. of well, not because of covid it's just made it go there faster but yeah yeah. i mean maybe i'll do another month so i can watch some spooky stuff i do that i'm starting to i to do that with a lot of streaming services because like i can't pay for like a million streaming services every month but like i can pay for like a month and then be like okay that was enough yeah just binge everything yeah uh, Yeah, i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna watch some stuff i'm gonna have this one this month and then i'm gonna then we'll switch to something else like it just it's not feasible to have all of these streaming services <laughs> yep uh, that makes sense yeah i mean we're getting to the paper channel basically now yeah exactly exactly but yeah Casper. what do you have their hands oh yeah yeah this is a kids movie kind of yeah i mean um <laughs> kind of yeah i mean like by 90 standards i think i think it was a pretty typical kids movies to quote john mulaney when he's talking about uh we're talking about back to the future how like in the 90s like there weren't really kids movies it was just like there were movies and like kids could kind of see them <laughs> that's exactly what this is that's what oh Edward Hans was. <laughs> they weren't even family it was just like yeah you could bring your kids yeah you know that's what this movie is it. it's fine i legit think the first movie i ever saw in, the- in theaters i was probably like five was jurassic park that was probably one of mine too yeah. yeah, and Jurassic Park is like horror. Yeah, it is horror. <laughs> exactly, one hundred percent. Not you know, like it's not uh, Dora the Explorer. Like it's <laughs> they were playing fast and loose with PG and PG thirteen. You know, yeah, exactly. before the two thousands. 
But yeah, Edward Scissorhands, I actually watched this movie just last year because I went as Winona Ryder in Edward Scissorhands last year for Halloween. Mm. Um, along with the rest of the art history babes, we were each Winona Ryder from different movies. <laughs> I remember seeing that picture. That was great. Yeah, it, it was really fun. So I, I obviously watched the movie before um, before Halloween. And it's, it's a good movie, man. It is a really good movie. It's so sad and tragic. Uh, it's good. Mm-hmm. Tragic. Oh. Edward Scissorhands. Once again, I don't know what this is saying about me, but similar to falling in love with a ghost, I would have I would have fallen for Edward Scissorhands too. <laughs> he's he's so sad and lonely, but talented, and he's you know he's so just goddamn like, talented. He just <laughs> like wants to be loved, but he has scissors for hands. <laughs> so what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> That's what the movie was. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> riffing more on tim burton nightmare before christmas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which if anything on this list if anything we talk about today and it just in the grand scheme of spooky life i have to attribute my my whole love of spooky anything to this movie i mm-hmm. this i i remember my mom got me this movie when i came out in 93 so i was just old enough you know three or four to register what i'm watching and it's not just colors in my face you know <laughs> actually able to make you know conceptual understanding out of the world (laughs) and my mom bought this movie because it was geared towards kids disney whatever and uh she recalls quickly regretting it because it was was very scary imagery you know Um, and i was enamored oh my god and i still am to this day i fucking this is one of my favorite movies ever made i I like imagining your yeah young child your your mom's first child and like she buys you this movie and I just like imagining your mom's reaction to like you being like as a baby being like super into this like, creepy movie. Like, mom, you seeing this shit? This is- <laughs> like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> it's too late because it's it was already my favorite movie and I watched it over and over. I, I that clamshell was in pieces by the end of that VHS. Oh my gosh, I love this. Because it was unlike any other movie, save for maybe James and the Giant Peach at that I was time. Just, oh my God. I was, so I was literally just going to say, weirdly, my version of that was James and the Giant Peach. I was obsessed with James and the Giant Peach. I also like, love James. But I, if I had to kill my darlings, it would be Nightmare for sure. For yeah. Me. We should do, um, when we get into Christmas time, we should do a Nightmare Before Christmas episode. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's both. It is both. It is both a Christmas and a, and a Halloween movie. Exactly. That's why I feel like if we're an all-year Halloween podcast, it would fit in the December slot. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. We'll wait till do you, do you not want to do it? <laughs> no, I just got to that, like, the, the age-old question of, is it a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? And I'm like, oh, it's, it's definitely it's, both. Oh, boy, it's both. Come on. It's definitely both. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm totally down for doing that. I love this movie so much. And I love it for the same reason I love James and the Giant Peach is because of its animation. The stop-motion animation is such a labor of love, and it pays mm-hmm. off so well. It is at, You're witnessing magic watching stop-motion. Mm-hmm. James I'll and the Giant Peach is just another like weird, creepy one too. Like I didn't even think about that one, but very creepy. Oh my gosh, yeah, his parents were killed by a uh, a rhino in the sky was yeah. the metaphor they were going for. And I remember her the creepy aunts, you know, in this mm-hmm. like horrifying house also, on the hill, living in a peach. Like <laughs> I wanted that weird. peach though. I wanted to eat it. I know. It, did, oh, it looks so bits. damn good. It looks so good. 
and you're going down this giant peach, you're traveling across the world, and the the creatures were so very scary looking. Yeah, I remember the one totally. time they like they 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 make the peach fly by wrangling in a bunch of birds and then flying on the birds. Do you remember this? And the birds themselves look like they're on their last legs of life, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these are like healthy birds that they incorporate. But oh, uh, I love yeah. this movie. What else do you have? What else do I have? Okay, so I think oh gremlins. Was that eighties? But we were we grew up with it, so it's yeah, okay. yeah. I think it was late eighties. But Scary I just movie, I had dude. like a, a stuffed animal gizmo. Like loved me some gremlins. I also did the whole. I remember like middle school. It was like really cool to wear t shirts with like kid stuff on it, like Care Bears and like gremlins and stuff. And so I had like a gremlins t shirt. But yeah, that's another. I guess technically like Halloween slash Christmas movie. I think it's more a Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, it's Halloween because it's scary, but it's definitely Maybe a Christmas Maybe we should movie. do a Gremlins episode in December as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're, these are adding up here quick. So we're going to have to do just <laughs> Christmas horror. Right. Christmas horror. And Christmas horror is very interesting. Like I, It's a whole genre, I, for yeah, sure. I, I'm definitely into diving into that, for sure. So Gremlins, Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't seen this movie since I was a child Mm -hmm. but i recall being really freaked out by it like i've recalled feeling not okay watching it and i don't know if that is because it was actually scary or if it was more that like Ernest kind of creeps me out (laughs) could be that one i i actually the most memories i have with this movie are just seeing the cover of it at like blockbuster you know and always seeing it and going I don't know about this Ernest guy and never picking it up. <laughs> That's how I felt. Like, I remember watching a lot of Ernest movies when I was a kid because my dad liked them. I, they were never my favorite. And I remember Ernest Scared Stupid actually, like, scaring me to a certain degree. And, uh, yeah, I think I just, like, got weird vibes from Ernest. I just was not feeling him. Like, it's not, not right. about that guy. <laughs> Something's eating Ernest. Yeah, something about that I was not into. Um <laughs> So yeah, Ernest Scared Stupid. I also have some, these are later 90, well, like 96 to 99. So like I'm getting up into, you know, those like prepubescent years. I got to give a shout out to the film that 100% shaped my like, yeah, prepubescent love for witches, which was The Craft. Oh, yeah. Classic. Which is coming back. Uh, very soon on Hulu. Have you seen that? There's yeah, like I, don't, I don't know. I'm kind of a purist when it comes to this one. I'm kind of like, I don't You're getting know. getting more craft, Corey. I'm like side-eyeing the reboot personally, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going in full speed ahead. The original is so good. It's still so good. It's still terrifying. And it also like... <laughs> shaped me into a I don't know witchy but like it's got that like girl power girl gang vibe you know mm-hmm. it was like spooky spooky meets 90s teen aesthetic and that was just at that age in 1990 like 1997 98 that's all I wanted in the world <laughs> like that was everything yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, cause I was, yeah, like, um, I think it came out in 96. So yeah, like 98, I was 10. So, you know, I'm, I'm at that age where I'm like getting excited to be in like middle school and high school and stuff. And then I also like scary shit. So it was just like everything. I love that movie. I still love that movie. I will, of course, watch the reboot, but I don't know. 
I don't know how I feel about it. And then also, uh, just coming in, just coming in, 1999, coming in on the- Just um, in time. Just in time. I was, from the get-go, obsessed with the Blair Witch Project, like, right when it came out. Full stop. We're talking kids' movies here. I know you got, you were fast and loose with what you got to watch. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, I know we talked about a lot of kids' stuff, but, like, my childhood- was not just oh, we were talking yeah i like so weird and casper and uh blair witch project <laughs> that's just what i have to bring it up because i really was like i was obsessed with it like when it came out and yeah i was 10 i was a kid so it was very much like for me it was i mean it was gateway horror but it was actual horror <laughs> there's nothing gateway about it it was the blair witch project <laughs> i don't think you understand the prompt here <laughs> I do. I do. I'm, I'm trying to just be honest with what my media consumption looked like in the 90s. <laughs> okay. Well, then, okay. I'll throw one in there, too, that was not children horror, but I saw as a kid and it goofed me for a long time. And that was Child's Play. Oh, yeah. That yep. movie, dude, dude, that movie was the highest grossing film the week I was born. For good reason. It was very scary. I know. I, when I found that out, I was like, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really goofed me. I saw it at a cousin's house when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it, we're, we're, we're doing a deep dive in why we are what we are. It was because is it because I saw Nightmare Before Christmas at age three that it was my favorite movie? Is it because we had all this content? Is it because I saw Child's Play 2 way too young and it scared me into adulthood until I finally went, you know what? I got to go back and face my fears. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what, what, what it is. Maybe it's all of the above. Maybe that's why we're all what we are. Yeah, right. I think that's all I have on my list. Was there anything else I missed? Yeah, I'm so happy you asked. Uh, Adam's <laughs> Family and Adam's Family oh, Values. Yes, 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 yes. Adam's Family's on Netflix right now. I've watched it like three times. It's so good. So good. It's also, I saw a tweet recently about how um, unusual it is just to see an example of a husband and wife deeply in love with each other in a show. <laughs> it shouldn't be this this scary but that it is seeing an example of a man that is just deeply in love with his wife morticia and gomez are just you know yeah they're the they're dream couple it's the yeah the only time you will ever hear me use the term couple goals (laughs) is morticia and gomez Gomez. (laughs) yeah and and the fact that 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 their relationship is uh in the context of Adam's family, even, you know, they're seen as odd is a uh, very telling of very American telling. culture. Like they're odd. They're weird because they are uh, deeply committed and in love with each other and have a healthy sex life. Like <laughs> spooky. Oh, so spooky. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that, that's all on my list. Yeah, Adam's Family, I feel like, is another good example of that, like, 90s movie that, like, kids could see, and, like, it it wasn't not for kids, like, it was kind of for kids, but it's also, like, pretty weird and dark in, in oh, certain ways. so way. dark. You had the Wednesday, and uh, what's what's the brother's name? Um, uh, God, we're such frauds. Uh, <laughs> Wednesday, Adam, but they're, they're, she's obsessed with just killing her brother all the time, yeah. you know? <laughs> like. <laughs> 
And She's also obsessed with the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle. And it stands to reason she should have succeeded every one of those attempts. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like every one of these schemes should have killed her brother. God, I love those movies. Yeah. So, I mean, if we look at this, like all this content we were given, we're basically getting children primers for a lot of actual horror. You know, I yeah, think it, like totally. the Disney totally. Channel, Under Wraps, Tower Terror, uh, Phantom of the Megaplex. We're getting universal monsters, classic monster stories that are like mm-hmm. being fed that way. We're getting these like so weird kids X-Files. You can graduate to X-Files soon. And all these like episodes, these Halloween episodes that are basically mini slashers, you know, that are yeah. geared towards kids that it's no surprise that when we got to an age, we're like, yeah, but let's get something a little harder. Let's get out the, the, the <laughs> let's get the top shelf stuff down, you know, like what? <laughs> What else you got in here? Let's see how how far this rabbit hole goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still falling, you know? Yep. <laughs> no, it is. It's such an interesting thing. And yeah, I mean, I, I think it really depends largely on what you believe in terms of like nature versus nurture, you know, shit that like mm-hmm. we can't actually fully understand i know i think it's really easy to to be like oh this content is exactly why you are the way that you are i also think it's way more complicated than that and i i've i don't know i've explained my love for creepy things and the occult and like darker culture as like I don't know. It really does feel innate. Like it really does feel like something I just came into this life with, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think I also came into this life at a time where there was a lot of like spooky kids content. So it just kind of like they, they played off of each other. You know, I do think there is a connection. As I said before, I think there is maybe a connection with the deep nostalgia associated with all this content and why a lot of people in kind of our age bracket, our generation really feel strong, like a strong love and a strong nostalgia for autumn and Halloween. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there is a connection there in terms of like uh, the content and our just Halloween experiences as kids, 100%. But yeah, I guess just personally speaking, I also just think, I think there is a bit of me that is just like a dark soul, you know, in a good way. Dark soul. Yeah, not in like like in a good way. Like, and it's just stuff I'm attracted to, you know, is like darker culture and just always, always was, uh, without even understanding why as a kid, you know, like yeah. I mean, I think that story about Nightmare Before Christmas is a great story too, because like at three years old, you're taking it in, but you you don't really know what you're taking in either. So mm-hmm. there is something to be said about it just being attractive to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A little three-year-old human with a, a darkness inside of him. <laughs> just needing to be fed. Must be satiated. <laughs> exactly. I'm really looking forward because this is... Um, connected to this conversation i'm really looking forward to a future episode on why growing up catholic makes you spooky (laughs) yeah that's a whole discussion we can have for sure (laughs) that's definitely part of it too (laughs) there's a lot brewing in this pot here uh (laughs) that is uh my life uh there is this is just become like therapy for us (laughs) i know i know I think going back to um, kids these days, what are they? I, I'm fascinated to see what they're going to latch on to future horror fans specifically, because mm-hmm. we had all this kids centered or kid focused, you know, 
content that was shoveled to us. But I feel like nowadays with like Netflix and all these streaming services that are, unless your parents are, are, are savvy with parental controls, you just have the full gamut of what's out there, you know, yeah, to go for. Exactly. So I'm wondering if, you know, especially with YouTube, you can just look up anything now and it's it, going. So I'm wondering if younger and younger audiences are, are digesting just the actual top shelf stuff much younger, you know? I mean, yeah, I think that is pretty real. I mean, that's also interesting to say because, like, I feel like my upbringing was kind of like that. Like, but I didn't have the internet, you know? I just mm-hmm. had, like, HBO. <laughs> but I I do think there is something to be said about, yeah, maybe even just, like, a kind of... If there's some level of, of desensitization that, like, is going to lead to even just m- crazier, you know, more out there horror stuff from future generations when they get to the age where they're making horror. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there is, uh, I read this somewhere. I have to, I wish I could cite it or it was, but there seems to be kind of trends in horror and waves that it comes in uh, pretty tame, spooky stuff, spiritual, like ghost stories. And then it goes back into like slashers and then it goes into the really crazy wild stuff. And then it takes kind of a break for a while before the content re- reboots. I mean, this isn't like law for everything, but it's just kind of how oh, no, history is kind of done. Everything works in cycles. Like I, I believe I that above all. <laughs> and they were, they were uh, citing it to be like, once you get to like the Clive Barker Hellraiser, you know, that's when things are getting like fucking wild, you know, then mm-hmm. horror has got to take like a, all right, the nineties, we got to take a breath here. We got scream, you know, let's, uh, you know, it's a slasher, but you know, you know, in the 90, or the, the two thousands were the same way where we went to the nineties, we went through early two thousands and then we went to the, the torture porn, you know, of mm-hmm. after nine 11, we had the saws and the hostels and then we had a kind of a little break again. And now we're kind what's, of rebooting. What's this really interesting again. about that. Like, I'm glad you brought that up. What's really interesting about that though, is like, yes, that is what was going on in adult horror but i feel like at that exact same time when like saw and stuff was big that's when kids horror was like nothing was like not scary at all does that make Mm. sense yeah so it's like i don't know in the adult horror world we were like amping it up to 11 but then kids gateway horror stuff was like not scary at all (laughs) that's true but i mean now you have kids gateway horror even think about like stranger things like that shit you guys are lucky that's that is like some high quality kid horror that you guys have you know that is awesome yeah so it's that's amping back up now like they've you know that that's gotten better i feel like it was in that exact same time period with like the saws and stuff that i just don't remember there being like good kid spooky stuff being made i could be wrong but well, yeah, we we just we weren't kids at that point. That's we were, true. You know? so we, <laughs> That's we true. I wasn't on. paying a lot of attention to kids' media at the, I was like at that point, yeah, seventeen. <laughs> if there's any younger um, listeners out there that were at that age at that time, I would be fascinated to know what if, if the, there's content you remember, or if even you know if you're an older uh, listener too of what something from the '80s or something. What what are the the, the kids' horror that you grew up with? Um, yeah, we were exactly. speaking pretty specifically from our 90s. We're pretty close in age. Um, so we had a lot of layovers. But I'd, yeah. I'd love to hear older generations, like what kind of kids spooky content was going on. And then, yeah, specifically like, I don't know, 2004 to like 2013. I want to know what, what was happened. going on. 
for kids horror. <laughs> what was going on in that room? What what is happening? I wasn't paying attention really at the time. So like let me know if there was some like really good spooky kids shit that I missed out on. I do fear for um kid horror in a little bit nowadays that I think we're we're getting kind of a reboot now with Stranger Things and I don't know if you saw House with the Clock in its Walls. I thought that was really good good kid horror, but yeah, I don't know. I guess Sabrina, that's more teenage, but that Sabrina's oh. great. How did I not bring up Sabrina? How have we not talked about the original I mean, Sabrina? Yeah, there is, that was really good. I'm thinking about today's Sabrina. Today's yeah. Sabrina is like straight up, not even kid horror. It's just horror. That's like a teen show, though. That's not that's really. That's why I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm, even Stranger Things can be technically a teen. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I'm really racking my brain. Because the Sabrina reboot, I love. I love the Sabrina reboot. But it's very, it's very sexy. Like, it's definitely, like, mm-hmm. teen. Whereas the Sabrina of the 90s was, like, teeny bopper. Yeah. It was very different. <laughs> but, but it was great and fun yeah. and witchy. Well, we've had a good life. And... Uh, <laughs> And here at the end of it, we just wanted to say thank you. We've and, been uh, uh, very fortunate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'd look forward to hear, um, hearing from listeners and seeing what their experience has been. Yeah, definitely. Hit us up at happyharvesthorrorshow at gmail.com. Uh, let us know if we missed anything, too, from the 90s. Uh, I bet we did. I'm sure but, we did. Come on, we were kids. Give us a break. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this was fun. This was a fun nostalgia trip. Gave me all the warm fuzzies for sure. I'm going to go like, I think I'm going to go watch Casper now. That sounds great, actually. Yeah, a nice chaser to Zeke the plumber. Oh my God. I, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I was right, right, right back at the forefront. Right there, my prefrontal cortex. <laughs> there he is where he belongs. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And on that note, have a have a good week, y'all. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.